Hello, welcome to Ruminations on Tony's Tall Tales. I'm your host, Anthony Pavlich. Thank you so much for joining me and listening today. I'm really excited to introduce a very special guest on the show today. He is an Emmy award-winning producer and director, a talented writer, and a very, very great friend. Welcome, Matt. Thank you for joining me today. How are you? Oh, well, thank you for having me. I am doing fantastic. And now I'm blushing. Uh, thank you so much for that very sweet uh, introduction. And uh, it is it is a pleasure to be here. And, and I don't know if uh, you had planned on going into it. But you know, you, you and I, um, for the sake of listeners, uh, I will mention that you and I are very good friends. You know, I, I you are you are one of my absolute best friends. I have known you since, uh, gosh, we must have been you know, sophomores in high school. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, something <laughs> like that. So it was uh, 67 years ago. Uh, <laughs> Dwight D. Eisenhower was the president. Uh, America was coming fresh off of World War II. Uh, no, no, no. We've known each other a very long time, and uh, I've always respected you as, as just a wonderful human being, uh, uh-huh. creative genius. Like, like you are a, a fantastic guy, and you've always been kind of if I ever need to center myself, uh, a conversation with you is, is there's no better medicine. You are oh. um, just very calm, cool, collected, pragmatic. Um, and you just, you have all the right answers, man. So I always love chatting wow. with you. And so this conversation here today, uh, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I look forward to yet another wonderful conversation with you. Thanks, buddy. Well, that's my turn to blush. So it's incredibly kind of you. Um, creative genius. That's a very, uh, very, that's high praise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I accept uh, cash or check for that. <laughs> um, do you accept uh, Venmo, PayPal? Sure. Okay, yeah. great. It's, it's it's on its way right now. <laughs> <laughs> Done and got it. <laughs> so that's awesome, dude. So yeah, we, we have known each other for uh, several years. Uh, I know even though that we don't, um, not in the same state anymore, we have done our best to try to, you know, stay connected. Um you know, over the the, te- the telephone again, another old timey uh, invention way back when. Um, but yeah, I've always enjoyed our conversations, and yeah, same to you. I feel like you're a great friend. You're just a great uh, human being, and um, yeah, it's it's just been a pleasure to you know pontificate with you. So I wanted to bring you on because I feel you got a great sense of story and experience with writing, even though I I'm sure you think you don't. Um, but I think in that assumption. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it'd be very valuable because you do have a very strong filmmaking background. Um, and I wanted to start there and and begin with tell tell, tell us the story of Papa Van Hosen. Uh, how you got started in the entertainment industry and specifically filmmaking. Yeah. Um you know, quite literally, uh, as, as long as I can remember, I wanted to uh, be a filmmaker. You know, I'm, I'm a child of the 80s. And, uh, you know, I don't think anybody could argue that the 80s didn't have some of the most amazing uh, cinematic masterpieces we've ever seen. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, the, the blockbusters, I, I guess what Jaws was probably the first quote unquote blockbuster. But then, uh, you know, the 80s was just one after another, after another, after another. And so I don't know if it was that, but, but quite literally, I can't pinpoint the exact age because I was so little, but I mean, I, I, I must've been six years old, seven years old and just watching these movies as a kid. And I loved them. And I thought, well, how, 
who makes these? I want to make these. I want to tell <laughs> stories. You know, I want to, I want to do that. And so as a kid, I would, uh, you know, of course, tell you, we all tell stories with our toys when we're kids. Um, and then that transitioned into somehow I finagled uh, my parents into um, purchasing a camcorder, uh, oh, nice. which as you know, you can imagine wasn't the, uh, at the time is fantastic. Looking back now, it's a laughable piece of technology, but I absolutely loved it. And I thought I was, you know, just uh, the bee's knees uh, making, making my own little movies. And I had, I had a blast and I loved it. Uh, that, you know, I did that throughout school. So middle school and then high school. Uh, and I guess in middle school, I, I actually, um, that same camcorder I would use. Uh, so there would be some sort of a school assignment, you know, like, oh, well, write a report on X, Y, Z. And I would always approach the teacher afterwards, uh, after class, I should say, and say, you know, hey, uh, rather than like a written report, you know, could I could I submit like a visual report? And, you know, it was a pretty novel concept. And so most oh, of the wow. time they'd be like, uh, yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> and so I would make some sort of a, a, a school project that revolved around video storytelling. And, uh, mm. you know, I'd like I wish I had them. I'm sure they're God awful, but uh, I wish I still had some of them. But, um, you know, they always made me feel good. They were always received well. I think they were, you know, pretty well done for the technology and in, in, in my young age. Um, and so that just reinforced my love of, of filmmaking uh, and, and storytelling. And then that uh, followed through to high school and then that followed through to college. Uh, I went to film school, got my degree in filmmaking. Um, and that was at a really interesting time. Uh, because, you know, we, I, I quite literally halfway through my film school, we, there was a shift from, uh, analog filmmaking. So, uh, mm. you know, eight millimeter, yeah. 16 millimeter, 35 millimeter film, where you had to actually really, really, really pay attention to, uh, uh focal lengths and, uh, F stops and, and T stops. And, and, uh, you know, you really, you really, there was a lot more technicality involved with the filmmaking itself. And I absolutely loved it. I loved all of that. And you had to splice it yourself, uh, you know, cut the film and, and splice the film together. Um, and so you really had to know what your edits were, uh, you know, when you were doing that. Uh, and then and then I'm, I'm not joking, quite literally halfway through, there was a shift where it's like, well, hey, now there's this new burgeoning uh, digital uh, medium that we can use. And so we started using digital cameras and editing on computers. And um, this was all very new at the time. Uh, and it was exciting and it was fun. And and you know, I think one of the, one of the most, <clears throat> one of the things that made it most intriguing is sort of an instant gratification. You know, you didn't have to shoot it and hope yeah. that all of your, 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 uh, you know, T's were crossed and, and lowercase J's were dotted. Uh, you know, you, you, you didn't have to send off your film and wait for those dailies to come back uh, and spend money by the way, shipping and, and developing and shipping back. Yeah. You could just watch it. You could watch it, import it in the computer and you can just watch it uh, or watch it on the viewfinder or whatever. And so that uh, added a whole, excitement and and i think that changed filmmaking as a whole for the better uh for everybody you know whether you're uh you know an, a novice an amateur or you know a full-blown pro um so anyways went to film school uh and that was great uh graduated film school uh, had, had a wonderful time and we can we can drill back into that afterwards if you want because you and i worked on some some projects in college together um but uh after that started my own production company uh and a lot of fun tons of fun there but you know of course it's it's starting any business is always uh, uh dicey at first and so it was you know it was minimal success it was was what it was um i uh from there i got an opportunity to work uh in the the news field uh you know so um i worked for a cbs affiliate marketing um and i spent a lot of time there and it was wonderful you know it wasn't it wasn't perfect uh it wasn't the type of filmmaking that i would have loved to have been doing on a daily basis yeah. 
Um, but it paid the bills. You know, I was getting to do what I loved and pay the bills. You know, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to be doing, but I can't complain. You know, I also wasn't out there, you know, doing heavy manual labor. You know, I, I got to somebody paid me to write. Somebody paid me to shoot. Somebody paid me to, to edit uh, and tell stories. You know, sometimes those stories had uh, guardrails on them, you know, because <laughs> as much as I would like to make a Michael Bay style uh, video, sometimes it's like, that's not really what we're doing here. So you have yeah. to you have to understand you know, your client and what you're doing. But anyways, just with the chicken to walk through the door, just the chicken walking through the door. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, you know, as much as I would love somebody to just have handed over uh, ungodly sums of money and been like, hey, tell your story, just whatever it takes, tell your story. (laughs) You know, uh, that wasn't the case. And so, um, but it was great. I I had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time doing that. Um, Won won some some really cool awards, uh, made some amazing friends and met some amazing people and had incredible experiences that I otherwise would never have had in life. Um, but there was always that drive. There was always that drive to tell my stories and my own stories. Uh, and so, you know, life has a funny way sometimes of pivoting. And so, uh, you know, one of the major catalysts that happened was, um, I shifted into animation, you know, cartoons, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not the type of filmmaking that I went to school for, but, it was exciting and different and new and fun. And just the same way that that shift back in, in, in college uh, happened from analog to digital, uh, this shift was equally as exciting because it was like, you know, oh man, well, instead of, instead of working uh, in, in, in real time with real cameras and real footage, with animation, you get to completely construct from the ground up your world, whatever that world may be. It doesn't exist and you make it exist. And uh, that was really fun and really exciting. Yeah. And so, you know, I shifted into that and, uh, it was, you know, we, we had some success, success with it. And so I was able to parlay that, uh, into, uh, producing original cartoons for comedy central, yeah. um, which was an amazing opportunity. And again, met some amazing people and, and wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, and then from that, I was able to parlay that. I did some some custom animation um, for uh, the TBS network, and then that that led to some uh, development work with some some folks that um, you know I won't I won't it never saw the light of day, so yeah. I, won't, I won't name names or anything here. Um, but it was development work that uh, you know development hell. Some it, everything was great, but you know sometimes things change or whatever. So uh, there were a handful of projects that never actually uh, came through to fruition. Yeah but still got to work on them. Um, and it was a ton of fun and I, and I absolutely loved it. And so, uh, I feel like I've been rambling for the last four and a half hours. So I apologize. (laughs) Now's a good time for the listeners to wake up. Uh, we can get back to an actual conversation instead of me uh, putting you all to sleep. But so that's sort of the story of me, you know, I've just, the long and short of it is I've always wanted to be a filmmaker, always wanted to be a storyteller. I don't know why. Um, it's just something that was, you know, put in my soul that, you know, I I like telling stories and I want to tell stories. And did you find that, um, was movie watching a communal, um, experience for you? Was it a family thing or was it just more of you uh, watching your own videos and, and, you know, wherever it was, or was theater going a very big thing for you? Wow. That's a great question. I mean, I, su- I suppose it's both, you know, of course, uh, as a kid, you know, I, I have to credit my parents for, um, you know, watching all of these phenomenal 80s movies that I said, you know, sort of initially inspired me and TV shows as well. Like I'm a big uh, TV lover as well as a cinema lover. Um, And so, you know, it it all, it all starts out that way. uh, But 
you know, it was also, there's always that insatiable thirst. And so, you know, I would watch, I, I'm, I'm equally as comfortable watching something by myself as I am uh, in, a, in a communal space. Um, but, you know, something that I realized uh, early on that, um, you know, I try not, I, I try not to say too much about it. So I hope I don't annoy the people around me and the loved ones around me is, is I just, these days, you know, well, I shouldn't say these days, uh, from an early age, rather, um, I find it hard to watch something just from a strictly entertainment, uh, you know, average user mm. point of view. You know, so if I watch TV or if I watch movies, I'm constantly analyzing mm. uh, every aspect of that. And so it, I would be analyzing uh, the story itself. You know, how is how is the story progressing? Why is the story progressing? But then also the technical side, like, oh, man, that's cool. How'd they shoot this? How'd they light that? How'd mm. they get the audio for this? You know, what about that, uh, uh, you know, graphic, graphic effects or, or, you know, the sound design here is fantastic. Um, you know, so, so it's really interesting. And so, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure there are people around me, you know, my, my, my fiance and my loved ones who, I, whether or not I realized I was doing it, I was probably commenting on all of that stuff constantly and annoying them. Uh, I try not to, but in my head, I just, you know, I find it hard to just watch something strictly for the entertainment value. I'm always kind of dissecting it from that filmmaker's perspective. Have you found then that your ability to just enjoy it for the, the fact, uh, the pure joy of enjoying it is a little bit lost sometimes? No, I, I can see how that, that would definitely be a possibility. And I'm sure that's happened in the past, but uh, I do still absolutely enjoy it. I think it's just a different type of enjoyment, um, mm. you know, but, but I still, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that viewing things from that lens, uh, has caused me to, to not enjoy whatever it is I'm watching, unless whatever I was watching was just, you know, crap, at which point I would, you know, I wouldn't enjoy it, you know, one way or the other. But if something's good, I will absolutely love it, regardless of, of how I, I viewed it and how I dissected it. Yeah, because I've thought a lot about that myself, because I've, you know, as some of the listeners know, on this show, and then also um, other another show that I've done, that I've been extremely critical with, um, the MCU currently and also mm. just big blockbuster franchises in general. Um, mm -hmm. And, but it's an interesting point that you made that I can still enjoy certain productions, even though they're quote unquote, not the greatest, but I just, sometimes I have a really hard time letting go certain critiques and, and others. Um, Maybe because, yeah, I'm more invested in it or maybe I'm more passionate about the project. And so I'm a lot more critical because I, too, am looking at it a lot of times from not just the the entertainment presentation of it, but, yeah, like the behind the scenes stuff that you're talking about, especially me as I'm trying to develop my writing process and just become a writer that I'm very critical of of execution and in writing and i'm very harsh on stuff that i really you know am passionate about when it doesn't do that process justice but then again it's just my own opinion and yeah so it's it's tough so that's why it was interesting if you know if you saw that since you have the behind the scenes you know of how the sausage is actually made <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and you know i mean you need to bring up bring up a an interesting point that i think there has been a, a shift for 
you know, folks like yourself or I who, who maybe, uh, you know, dissect things from, from more of a technical um, how the sausage is made standpoint. Uh, and then just the, the average user who, who just wants to enjoy whatever it is they're consuming. Yeah. Um, you know, th- there's been this shift with, uh, again, it's another technological advancement, but um, this concept of streaming, you know, uh, Netflix, you know, sort of, uh, you know, I'd have to look, I'm sure they weren't the first person to stream, but they, they certainly were the best, the first one to do it properly. And, and that's why they're the juggernaut they are. And then, but now, now, of course, we have all these other, you know, just everybody has a streaming platform and they're all fantastic in their own ways. But the point being that there is this shift, even with the average user now in this streaming world where people, uh, people are, are, are hypercritical and they're ruthless. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. I think that forces people, uh, the producers to step up their content levels. Um, because, you know, back in the day, you know, uh, again, in uh, 1947, we would all run out to the video store uh, and, and, you know, on a blockbuster Friday night, you know, that was the most exciting thing, right? You know, you'd, you'd go, uh, you'd, you'd peruse the shelves and, and based on the cover art alone, you'd read the back and think, yeah, this, you know, this, this, uh, this is fantastic. So you would take your, your tape up to the front and you'd, and you'd uh, check it out and you'd pay your five bucks or whatever it costs for a couple of days. And you take it home and you'd watch it and you would hope that it was good. But even if it was pure dog shit, pardon my French, <laughs> if, even if it was pure dog shit, you would still watch it because you put in a, a buttload of effort. <laughs> you know, you, you got your happy ass off the couch. You drove all the way to the blockbuster. You spent your hard earned money and you brought it all the way back. And if it was crappy, damn it, you were still going to see it through to the end. You were going to watch an hour and a half of pure garbage because you paid for it. Uh, but these days, you know, it's the back button, you know, it's no more than pushing a button, you know, if something starts and it is not, and it's not doing it for you, boom, you're out, start another one, boom, you're out, start another one. And you can just, just, just rapid fire, boom, 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 until you find that thing that strikes your fancy. Um, and so I think there's just this weird, uh, not weird. I, again, I think in some, in a lot of ways it's for the better. It's just people in general now view everything, everything media related through a very different lens than they did 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah, and I think also to social media, obviously being a big component of that um, with with criticism. And I think, unfortunately, the line has been blurred for a lot of people on what is legitimate criticism and what is just, you know, just hate and virtual, right? right. you know, just like just spewing out garbage. Yeah, you're absolutely um, right. And I think that's where it gets lost that it's because, again, we... And, and Dave Chappelle is a fucking genius for highlighting this recently um, when he got control back of his own name mm-hmm. and his own show that the audience is most co- like most precious resource is our attention. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize how powerful that is because every corporation now is vying for a sliver of that. And if we as a collective harness that power correctly, we could change a lot of things. And I think instead of spewing out hate, if we were to, you know, (laughs) spew um, more constructive criticism and holding just creators to just a higher, higher standard, higher bar, but then also understanding that we don't own any of the creations. So, what somebody does with Star Wars really doesn't 
give me license to basically go on a tirade and basically threaten people with with violence and hate and right. that other bullshit people, but as as an as a passionate fan i can still criticize um execution stories that i want to see stories that i want this universe to tell because i as a fan am invested and you know voices that i want to see so i think that's unfortunately the line because the social media has been blurred that it's not so distinguishable to to others and i think we need to get back to the to being like we're you know the simpler time is like you said where what are you out you know i spent a couple hours a couple bucks and you know it didn't enjoy it but that doesn't give me license to say oh this person should <laughs> rah, yeah. rah, rah. you know it, it's just the internet for 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 better or worse and it's better i mean obviously we're all the world is is you know infinitely better because of uh, the advent of the internet um but you know you know going back to those old days where you would get off the couch go to blockbuster or whatever that was that was a very uh linear course of action yeah you know it was a very i mean sure you get to the the store and you have a couple hundred tapes to choose from but essentially that's very linear and now though with with streaming i mean it is it is it is the 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 complete opposite of linear. You know, it's infinite directions. You know, I can yeah. go any direction. I can go to Hulu or I can go to Paramount Plus or I can go here. I can go there. I can go to horror. I can go to comedy. I can go. I can do this. I can do that. And you can do it all at the the again the literal push of a button. And so, you know, those guardrails uh, are off. So it's no longer that linear way. And so it's going in every different direction. And that's why I think you know it's so hard to you know to vie for people's attention these days. As, as you mentioned, is because people are talked at, uh, you know, a hundred thousand times a day, you know, uh, billboards driving to work and ads in your, yep. you know, ads here, ads, there, visual ads, audio ads, everybody's trying to get you to do this, get you to do this. They want your, your attention. Essentially they want your dollars, of course, but they have to get your attention to get to your money. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it's a very different world and we're still so freaking new at it. You know, it's, it's burgeoning every single day still, but even so we, it is all still very, very new for us. And we're just we're we're kind of blazing these trails as a as a species uh, as we go, you know, because who knows where all of this is going to be in five years or ten years? Because even five years ago, you know, there there are things happening today that we didn't even know about. We're, yeah, we're in five ten years, we might all just be burned up. <laughs> yeah, and so it's it's exciting. It's exciting, but um, you know, just the sort of the cacophony of of yeah. content is is relentless right now, and it and it probably will never not be relentless because again, I don't think we're ever going to get back to that linear uh, way of consuming. Yeah, and it's that's a great point that you make because also too, it's just it it also when I when I you know get off my high horse and I stop talking about my tirades about, you know, this blockbuster not doing very well with their story or this story wasn't as great. It's still, to th when I really sit back and think, it's really incredible how any of this stuff gets made, let alone the stuff that is still extremely good. That's true. Because of just still, it's such a collaborative process. So many people and so many talents need to be brought together to execute some sort of vision and for the the good ones to still come out of that process and even you know even though the argument for the bad ones you know those still get made it's pretty incredible um and and that's why 
it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to find that balance, I think, because again, like you said, there's so many voices, there's so many productions vying for our attention, just so many. So we're just bombarded by so much information that it's hard not to scream sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I wanted to get back to, um, a little bit in the beginning when you were developing stuff, um, what did you find a shift from i want to say you went from filmmaking to writing but did you notice that you started wanting to take on more writing and develop your own stuff or just do more creation since you had that filmmaking skill and transfer it over or did it happen at about the same time because it sounded like it happened almost the same time that you were beginning your filmmaking mm. You know, it's, it's funny because, and I'm willing to bet you, I'm willing to bet anybody, any artist in any uh, medium, you know, regardless, it doesn't have to be film or, 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 you know, media related at all. But I think we all go through, um, you know, the, these waves where, you know, you want to do this and, and you put a bunch of time and energy into it. And then for whatever reason, um, you know, it shifts and you're like, well, now I kind of want to explore this and you pivot a little bit. And then, well, now I want to do this and I pivot a little bit. Um, and so I, throughout my life have definitely, um, gone through those, you know, there are times where it's like, you know, what, uh, I, I just want to, I just want to, uh, shoot. I just want to be cinematographer. You know, I, I want to tell the, the visual story is what I want to do. And then, you know, it shifts into what you're asking where it's, you know, well, I want to write, uh, you know, I want, I want to craft just at the, at the, the absolute foundational level. I want to craft this story on the written word. Uh, and then, you know, there are the times where it's like, well, I want to, I want to direct. You know, somebody else can shoot it. Somebody else can write it. I just want to translate that, uh, you know, through the actors and, and through the direction. Um, or, you know, I feel I've found myself lately um, being in sort of an editing mode where it's like, well, I, I want to take all of these these uh, existing assets and I want to put them together into that final product. Um, and so it, it's just it's constantly changing. It's constantly changing for me. Um, writing is always. Um, of all of those items that I just mentioned and all the many items that of course haven't been mentioned, um, writing has always been the most difficult uh, oh, for me. You know, it's, it's, me it's too. every one of these is an art form, right? Anybody who's good at any one of these things, uh, is an art form. And I, I am certainly not professing that I am good at any of them, but the folks who are good at any of them, um, it's a, it's an absolute art form. Every single one of these people have their part to play. Um, but man, when I see people who are just like, writers and it just flows naturally out of them effortlessly out of them um i'm just in awe you know that's that's amazing uh, because that is definitely not me because yeah because it's 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 daunting to look at that blank page mm -hmm. but also too like you said it's an incredible art form to to really allow just you to be the vessel to create anything from this vast well of, you know, either imagination, inspiration, whatever we want to call it. Um, but you literally are creating something from nothing. Yeah. Um, which again is, is, I know it's an oxymoron because nothing, you're, you're drawing something from something, whether it be your own personal experiences, your own views, your own voice, you are a vessel that is tied into the collective unconscious and you are presenting something that does exist, but just in a different shape and a different form. Um, but yeah, man, it's, I have been struggling with it as the listeners know for a while now, just to be able to just get anything done 
Um, and yeah, like you said, the people <laughs> like the, the, the Neil Gaiman's of the world and the Aaron Sorkin's and just the Shonda Rhimes. I just, man, as the Stephen King's like how they, and the content that they've been able to produce, it's, it's just stunning. And it really is. It's, and again, it's, it's, we're not doing hard labor. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not trying to create some sort of grand nobility out of, out of writing, but you know, there, there, there is definitely a skill to be able to do that. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I, th I think, you know, the, everything, everything is valued equally as important as everything else, right? I would never say that one, you know, this thing, you know, manual labor is more important than this, or this is more important than being that, or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Everything is, is, is a hundred percent equally as valuable uh, is the next thing somebody else does in life, you know, because again, we're all just, we're all just pieces of the puzzle. Um, and yeah. you know, this beautiful puzzle that we live in, you know, with all of its ups and downs and good and bad, um, we all have a tremendously important, you know, role to play in that. Um, but, uh, certainly, you know, I mean, writers, you know, there is a grand nobility, there's a grand nobility in everything, you know, as I just said, everything that everybody does and, and writing would certainly be included because, you know, there's not a single person well i mean i guess that there are probably in certain parts of the world people who who uh this doesn't apply to but let's just let's just you know bear with me while i make this uh, stupid analogy but there's <laughs> there isn't uh you know a person alive that um hasn't had their life enriched by some form of writing right you know everybody has a favorite song a favorite movie a favorite tv show even just hell, you know, if if it's you know your favorite uh, bag of chips, somebody wrote. There was a copywriter. Somebody wrote, you know, what that bag of chips says, and somebody wrote the advertising that told you about those chips and told you how amazing they were. So, uh, I mean, writing is tremendously important on a daily basis for each and every one of us. Yeah, I think it's more of the thought of taking the ego out of the equation. You know, yeah. not getting so hung up on the content you do create because yeah. that no longer in, in a really interesting and beautiful way, no longer belongs to you. It's oh, more yeah. of there there's as a writer who's competent, they can, they can find pride and enjoyment out of their ability to execute that, that craft, that art, but then still be gracious enough to not get googly eyed over the stuff they do create because they the real good ones and i think i feel like the real authors understand that again they were just the messenger and now the form in which they've presented this this grand art no longer belongs to them and it's being um ingested by the audience in whatever way that they ingest it um, right. like you said in these beautiful ways where you know some people are incredibly moved by these words and it's for a lot of people it's life-changing they mm -hmm. it's gotten them out of a certain situation or at least they can you know push through that situation um or yeah literally it could save somebody um but it's interesting that as the more as i try to dive into this thing it's really it's 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 fascinating to me it's like we're just we are kind of just messengers you know passing along these 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 truths and this knowledge yeah. when when we think back at we we've already talked a little bit about it but what are some other challenges then that you feel like you face when you are trying to write or create or, and it could be even even not writing like when you're trying to edit or you're trying to set up a shot what what do you feel is the most challenging thing for you that you're still working through as as a creative 
Um, you know, it, it uh, every situation is going to be different, obviously, right? Um, every single challenge is going to be different depending on what what you're doing in that moment, uh, what what you're trying to create in that moment. Um, for writing specifically, again, I just I am I, I just writing is tough, man. Writing is tough, and so uh, I. I have a few issues when I try to write. One is that when I write, uh, you know, it, it, I write for what I see, you know, in my head, in my imagination. Uh, and, and it works perfectly, you know, in, up in, up in my big old dome, like, like it, it works perfectly, but that doesn't always translate to the page. And somebody who's not mm-hmm. in my uh, head doesn't, you know, they, they're not going to see it. They're not going to interpret it the same way because they don't, uh, they don't see all the nuances that I see in my head that aren't being translated to the page. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's one of my things is that, you know, if, if I were just a one man band, my entire, you know, for my entire life, it'd be easy enough because, you know, I write, I know exactly what I want, how I want it, how it's going to be done. And then I do all the, the other steps to see that through to a tangible product, but that's not the way the world works. Right. Um, yeah. and so I sometimes have trouble, uh, translating in such a way that, everyone uh, can can understand exactly what i'm going for Mm. um the other problem that i have is that you know i'm sort of a the the way my brain works is is i just get these flashes of inspiration for for a very specific idea so it would be a very Mm -hmm. specific scenario or a very specific scene or drilling down to even just a very specific exchange of dialogue or joke or whatever it may be and I think it's just the the greatest thing in the world. I'm like, oh my God, this is fantastic. And start writing it out. And you're like, oh shit, like what, you know, that's great. But what that's, you know, there, there's, that's 0.00001% of this project. What is, how do I fill in the rest of the world? And yeah. then you have to sort of, you paint yourself into a corner because you end up having to back engineer. It's like, okay, I have this, this cute little scene or this funny little scene or this action packed little scene. How do I backfill the rest of this project? to lead up to that. And then that's just sort of like a fool's errand sometimes, because then you're, you're forcing, it's not organic. The rest of the yeah. project is all biased in, in, in leading to this very specific thing. And then the payoff for that thing in your head was fantastic, but in reality, it's probably not going to pay off the same way. And so it's, it's just, there are a lot of dangerous rabbit holes to go down that way that will affect, uh, you know, the quality of the project overall. Yeah. It's a great point, man. And I like to dive into um, some of the ways that we can try to get out of that or, you know, it might be part of the process. So we're going to take a quick break, break though. Um, we're going to listen to a message from the Ruminations Radio Network, and then we'll be right back with Matthew Van Hosen. Hey, kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst cinephile hissy fit find us and all the great shows over on ruminationsradionetwork.com all right thank you dear listeners for joining us again um here with special guest matthew van hosen emmy award-winning producer and director we've been talking a lot about um just his writing his 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 background in entertainment and filmmaking and uh we were discussing some of the challenges um we face when we're trying to you know start from that blank page and you know, or is the, and I think it was really interesting, Matt, that you were talking about, you know, when you just get these images and these flashes, because I feel like that happens to me a lot too, where I'll see a scene or I'll see an image very clearly. And yeah. then, yeah, having to go back 
and just connect everything because yes. it's like, how do I get to this scene? How do I get to there? What were the events that led up to it? And to make it coherent, you know, and I think that was the key that I think you were, uh, you know, you can correct me if I was interpreting incorrectly, but being able to take what we is in our head and make it coherent, make it make sense, make it flow, make it dynamic, make it entertaining. What are the things that you try to do to overcome that challenge? Is there anything, tricks, tips, or even anything in your process itself that that tries to overcome that? You know, um, this is probably the part of our discussion where it becomes um, pretty disappointing because... Hello? Sorry about that. Oh, okay. I might might have pressed the wrong button uh, when I was trying to mute to cough, and uh, I think something got kicked off. I like that. If we could just intersperse more sound effects throughout, that'd be great. I'd like, uh, if you could cue up, please, a slide whistle and a ring shot. Uh, Sorry, man. I don't know if that, like, we can keep that because that might have been really cool. It was like, or it might have just thrown you off. So I'm really sorry. No, no, no. It doesn't matter to me. I was just like, I was just like, oh, is it like, is something happening in the background of my computer that's totally like, like, yeah, no, that, that was hilarious. Um, But no, I was, I I think, you know, this is the point of the interview where I might get disappointing though, because I, I don't, you know, when I have those areas, I've yet to figure out any kind of a workaround. You know, except I, I suppose, I suppose mm. the one workaround is just um, time. You know, it's, it's just, you know, we all, we've all experienced it, right? The way that the human brain works is, is you are stymied, you know, you are mired in some sort of a problem and you can't figure out the solution. What are you going to do? It's, it's all is lost. There's no way to fix this. Uh, and then, so you set it to the side and you go about your life. And then like two days later, you're in the shower and out of nowhere, out of the blue, boom, there's your solution. Right. I mean, I don't know if that happens to anybody else. It happens to me where it's like at the most random times, you'll be like, Oh my God, why didn't I think of that? Um, and so, you know, the only real thing that's ever worked, you know, when I get in those situations in the past is just, it's just time. And then I guess, you know, letting your subconscious or whatever, whatever mechanism it is, um, work in the background to, to, to hammer out those details, uh, for a solution, because, you know, it, again, it's kind of a dangerous rabbit hole. You know, you're, you're, you're trying, you have this scene and you're trying to backfill everything else to lead up to this scene. Um, and the rabbit hole becomes that, you know, that any sort of tips and tricks that I, I may have tried in the past, um, they, they just further engineer like, like, uh, artificially engineer, you know, cause we all want our stories to be organic. Right. So, so anything that I've tried to do in the past just compounds this, this engineering to, to force that little scene to work. Mm. And, you know, there's plenty of times where I'm just like, you know, shit, this is, this is just too much. This is just getting too convoluted trying to make this happen. It's not worth it. So drop it, you know, and just, it, it goes away and never to be seen again. It's interesting because, yeah, I, I've been running into that uh, a lot, especially with the spec script that I've been developing. Um, and so one of the things that I've, and it was kind of the idea of why I wanted to do this show was part of it was the live journaling aspect of, you know, me as a, a, a newer writer trying to figure out how to be a writer mm-hmm. and then also try to keep myself accountable. It's kind of been two refrains that I've been focused on. Um it's finding a process, uh, developing it, and then, you know, sticking to it. And one of the things that I've tried to do, because, yeah, I'm running into these problems where I've got these great scenes, I've got these great ideas, how to connect them. And when I'm either going back or, you know, some, some say 
you build out an outline. You know, some mm -hmm. techniques say you develop the outline first, then you create a rough draft, then you go back to rewrites. Um, storyboarding is a big thing with the the note cards, mm -hmm. um, plotting out things. And, you know, I'm trying to do some of that, especially it's, it's hard as a new writer because I don't have a quote unquote set process. So a lot of it is I am tr experimenting, you know, throwing the spaghetti on the wall, um, trying different ad hoc techniques um, mm -hmm. and seeing if some, yeah, some things might work sometimes and some things might not work. And, w but one of the things that has been coming up is, and I don't know if this is for you either, um, but trying to go back to what is it that I'm wanting to say? What is this story? Mm. Uh, what's the message? Mm -hmm. And what is it that I ultimately want to see the character either become or grow from or overcome? Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I get back to that very basic, and I'm a big proponent of Aaron Sorkin's you know, acknowledgement of everything's intention and obstacle. Mm -hmm. Somebody wants something, there's an obstacle in the way. It's got to be a formidable obstacle and they overcome that. Then there's another obstacle <laughs> and then they're just going to keep going after it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I try to go back to, okay, what does the character want and why can't the character get it? Right. Um, and I don't know if that's for you or if, if there's other things that, that make more sense for you when you're going through it. No, you're absolutely right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I think that's, you, you know, it's, it, Pairing it all back, you know, like an onion, pairing back all the, all the, all, all the bullshit, all the nuance, all of this, all of that, all, all the style and how cool it's going to be, how sad it's yeah. going to be, how this it's going to be, whatever. Put, pair all of that away. Uh, and at the end of the day, you are absolutely right. It all boils down because every story, every story is about characters, right? And yeah. so, you know, it shouldn't be about style. Although, you know, we all love things that are stylized and cool. Um, it should be about that character and it should be about that character's journey. And, and you're absolutely right. So just taking it back to the absolute bare bones question you can ask is just that what does the character want and why are the, why are they not getting it and and how do they overcome it uh the obstacle so yeah you're you're absolutely right and i know uh as creatives we're really all just a kind of a little bit to the point that was brought up earlier we really are just a collection of all the other authors writers storytellers filmmakers that we've watched been inspired by and moved by um, who are some of those for you? You know, you mentioned a little bit as you're growing up. Um, is there any that you continue to follow today? Is there any new ones that you latched onto later on hmm. that really, really speak to you, um, as a writer and as a filmmaker? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, of, of course, being a child of the eighties and, and being a filmmaker, you cannot ignore the fact that, you know, Steven Spielberg is sort of at the top of that pyramid, right? I mean, he just mm -hmm. was, uh, and is just the man. Um, so of course there's that, you know, uh, shifting more into uh, adulthood for my, there, there, I mean, so many great phenomenal artists, all of them, absolutely fantastic. I love so many of them. Um, for my money, you know, I, I think the Coen brothers, uh, are, are just, just absolute geniuses. Uh, I mean, anything they do, I'm, I'm sold sight unseen. I don't need to know who's in it. I don't need to know what the story is about. Um, their, their track record, their brand, uh, for me is enough to, to get me by. I just love everything they do. Um, 
sort of uh, newer, you know, I, I really love uh, Taika Waititi. You know, I mean, he is an mm. absolute freaking genius, a brilliant, brilliant filmmaker uh, on all fronts. And, you know, that's always the dangerous thing, right, is when people are good at drama and they're good at comedy and they're good at this and they're good at that. When they're when they can cross genres, man, that's when it gets real good. Uh, and I think he is just an absolute genius at that. And of course, you know, it, it's, it's great, you know, ha- having him. Uh, represent other cultures, cultures that don't, you know, has, traditionally haven't had their stories told and their voices yeah. uh, heard. And and there's so many great uh, people that that can that, that he can now bring to the forefront. So many great stories, so many great people, so many great projects that that someone like him can can bring to the forefront. Um, and so there's there's a lot of exciting things, you know. There's a lot of exciting things, but uh, yeah. So I mean, off the top of my head, those are some of the people that I'm most uh, interested in these days. Nice. And is there any shows or films that you've seen recently that you're really, really jacked up about or have really gotten some inspiration from? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, man. I mean, so many, uh, you know, and, and going back to uh, Taika, uh, you know, this wasn't coordinated. I, I hadn't thought about this question. None of this is coordinated. But uh, the two that immediately come to mind for me um, First is, is, you know, they just started, I believe, their third season. But uh, what we do in the shadows uh, yeah. is, is just, I mean, <laughs> I cannot get enough of that because it, it's hilarious. It's creative. It's uh, just well executed on every level. Um, and also it speaks to me on, on another level because outside of, you know, filmmaking and storytelling and all that stuff, I just I love spooky things. I love in my heart. It is Halloween every single day. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, this thing that combines amazing filmmaking and comedy and spooky shit like i'm i'm sold man i am i am there for it uh so i love that but then he also has a new series on uh, hulu uh reservation dogs which uh, again kind of talks about um or, or uh, what i want to talk about with that is is giving a voice to these you know these these native stories and and uh native stories being done in a respectful way you know it's not mm-hmm. it's not stereotypes it's not, yeah. you know, it's made, you know, by Native Americans for Native Americans well, and for everybody, of course, obviously. But but, you know, it's it's they're not at least as best I can tell as as, you know, you know, sort of a, a, a white man as the on the outside. It seems to me that they are really, you know, it's it's being made by people who have uh, lived and have authority in the subject matter. And and I love yeah. seeing that. I really love seeing that. But then on top of that, again, it's just good filmmaking. It's well written. It's funny. It's well done. The actors are all fantastic. And so um, there are a lot of. Uh, a lot of things that I really enjoy about that project as well. And so um seems to me that, you know, Taika has been uh, dominating my, my time a lot lately now that I take a step back. Nice. So uh, it, I don't know why this, this prompted me, but this question then, what, what, what do you see when you're watching something and it's not working, whether from a writing standpoint, uh, um, a technical standpoint, what, what is it that you think some productions miss or lack when we've talked a little bit about it, I think I think the good point that you brought up is really good about you know leaning too far into stereotypes and not being an authority on the subject matter that you're you know somebody might be presenting. What are some other things that you notice when when you're you're kind of analyzing these productions? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it first and foremost boils down to to that story. Um, you know, before you hit the technicals, which absolutely play a role. But it, it just it boils down to that story. Um, and so, you know, going back to the technicals for a second, I think, you know, um, people are always 
willing a viewer is always willing to forgive you know if there's something visually wrong like if the shot is you know perhaps not structured just quite right or not lit quite right or, or whatever it is they're willing to forgive that a lot quicker than they are if the audio is off and so if the mm. audio sucks if it's too low if it's if it's hissy or poppy um <clears throat> people will not put up with that but mm. th- those are on the top end the, the technical stuff before you even reach that stage then the bare bones thing that will signal hey this is good this is not good is that story and so it's it's the the concept of the story itself sure but it's more it's that execution in writing and the execution in acting because you can have the best script in the world but if it's terrible actors it immediately you're gonna you're gonna bow out or Mm. conversely i think if you have uh the most terrible story in writing in the world but you have good actors they can they can shift it uh, and, and and make it something of interest for a short period of time. I mean, I I don't know that anybody would sit and watch an hour and a half of uh, good actors uh, acting terrible scripts. Well, but, I don't you know. know. It's reality TV, right? <laughs> and we eat that up. So <laughs> that's true. We do. We do. But uh, you know, people have people have different um, th- throughout the day, and we're we're all guilty of it. You know, we have different. <laughs> Uh, levels of bullshit we're willing to put up with and different appetites you know it's like one day i might want pizza but the next day it's like the thought of pizza disgusts me i want a sandwich or vice versa again terrible analogy so bear with me but you know we have different tastes throughout the day and so you know we have those days where it's like i want something really good and i know everybody has gone through this i go through it all the time where it's like i feel like a documentary today so you go and you watch a documentary and then the next day i feel like something really emotional you know really well done story so you go and do that and then there are the days where you're like i just want something dumb i want that dumb reality (laughs) tv or i want that that dumb you know movie um and so but yes you're absolutely right it's so i i think even if you know uh people don't necessarily realize why they don't like something right off the bat one of the reasons that people dislike stuff is just the story isn't organic it's just not flowing well or it's too hokey or or something along those lines because i think everybody is pretty savvy to the point where they can they can identify like oh the acting in this is atrocious these actors suck and so that's easy enough to identify but but a lot of other people even writers i'm not suggesting that i'm any better than than you know the average user but you know the the writing we know something's wrong with it we may not always be able to immediately pinpoint why the writing sucks or why we just don't feel the project is any good. But I think on some sort of a subconscious level, uh, you know, and I'm sure Aristotle would have lots to say about this, uh, <laughs> you know, what story of why, why it works and doesn't work. But on some level, we can almost immediately tell <clears throat> this story is just not good. And then of course that bleeds and taints, you know, like, well, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, the acting isn't good. Oh, well, the cinematography is not good. Oh, well, this movie sucks. I'm going to again, push that back button and immediately find something else on Netflix. Yeah. Great points, man. Really appreciate it. Um, what I kind of like this question, but it's almost, I feel like it's a trap a lot of times too. Um, what advice would you give your younger self? Mm. If you could go back and talk to that, you know, um, young man back in, what was it? 67. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was 1967. I remember I had just walked out of my first Beatles concert. Uh, no. Uh, I, I what would you tell Matt Van Hosen? Um, then and it may, he might not that's that's funny thing too it's like even as your younger self might not be able to listen to to be uh the older self but no, um, right yeah H- hindsight's always twenty twenty, and in the moment you feel like you you know exactly what's up yeah uh, and then and then you look back and hindsight's always twenty twenty, and you realize you're way off um you know i mean just just uh progress over perfection um mm. you know, I, I get so stuck 
even to this day where it's like, well, this has to be perfect. You know, I have to make this perfect. It's like, ah, it's all bullshit. That's bullshit. Just, just stop. Just do something. Progress over perfection. You can always go back and you can, you can work on it and, and whittle it down and make it more and more perfect, but just get something done. Just, just do something. Dude, I really appreciate you saying that. I probably needed to hear this say that somebody else other than my own head telling me because I think that's that's the biggest thing that I keep coming to over the last year or two years is you you cannot refine something that is not that does not exist exactly yeah and so in order to refine something to make it better to put a little polish on it 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 needs to be there and like you said, it doesn't have to be perfect. And I think that's where we get stuck a lot of times is this, this perfection um, mode and this drive gets in the way of excellence. Mm-hmm. You know, if, we, if, if you pursue ex- excellence, that I think is a lot more obtainable because that has inherently um, stuff in it that requires process refinement, iteration. Um, and I think that's very, very important. I mean, you got to show up. The muse isn't going to talk to you unless you show up. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, that's brilliant. Um, I really appreciate the time, Matt. I wanted, actually it came to me just as we've been discussing, I wanted to maybe do something a little cool, a little fun, especially for the listeners, the loyal one or two listeners that <laughs> listen to this podcast. Okay. Um, you had sent me this great book and I think it was the, one of the books I touched base on that first episode, um, save the cat. Yeah. And Blake Snyder, had, right? yeah. And you had sent that to me and as I've been going through it, I've been trying to utilize some of those, those, um, nuggets into my process. And literally that first part of that book talks about the log line. And so for you and for these uh, wonderful listeners, I actually want to read to you my log line for the James Bond 007 spec script. And we're going to get your reaction live. I want you to be honest, obviously. I want you to um, just, I guess the more of the thing is, is does it compel you? I think that was the whole purpose of the, the that he talks about the log line, right? It's got to be the hook. Mm-hmm. It's got to get you right in there. Um. So the log line isn't this first section. This is kind of like, I kind of, this is my little build up for it. Um, and then, but I'll tell you when I'm reading the log line. Well, I am excited and I feel uh, <laughs> honored. Uh, and I'm, I'm literally on the edge of my seat here. Uh, this, is, this, this is cool, man. Thank and you. And this is really, it's kind of bold for me. I, cause I, I haven't really revealed anything about the script. And cause you know, I've been kind of close. I, I feel like, I don't want to reveal anything because it's not finished. Um, and I just, it's that hard thing, but I feel like if I kind of, I thought this was a great opportunity since again, you gave me the book and I am, I feel like you're such a talented uh, creative that, you know, you, you would be able to give a lot of insight if, if, if I'm on the right track. Um, so here it goes. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. So Basically, the premise is MI6's most decorated spy is framed for murder. Everything about the 00 program is a lie. The first agent, 001, has turned rogue. The real villain pulling the strings is somebody that is connected to Bond. And now here's the logline. 
After Bond is framed for murder by the first agent, he must expose the terrorist group responsible while on the run from MI6's elite double O's. As Bond draws closer to the truth, he uncovers a disturbing history of MI6 that will test his loyalty for queen and country. Mm. Can I... Can I get you to read that one more time? Let me me run through that twice. Just the log line, please. Cool. After Bond is framed for murder by the first agent, he must expose the terrorist group responsible while on the run from MI6's elite double O's. As Bond draws closer to the truth, he uncovers a disturbing history of MI6 that will test his loyalty for queen and country. Okay. Uh, well, it's, of course, you know, you're, you're, I've always loved everything that you do. Um, so that, that is, that is a damn good start. Um, right off the top of my, so do you, would you like feedback? I don't want to. Absolutely. Okay. I want to know if it makes sense. I want to know if it hooks you. I want to know yeah. if there's a better way to construct it. So what I would suggest right off the bat, well, I, I mean, uh, that, that, that very last line, queen and country. Love that. I love that. Keep, you know, keep work that in. Absolutely. Nice. Um, uh, just a couple points of, of, of thought for me, um, the lead up to the log line where you talked about, uh, you know, his organization being alive mm-hmm. the whole time, essentially, I would want that weaved in there. I would want that weaved ah. in there because that, that is the, uh, you know, sort of the crux of all of it. Right. Um, it's not so much that he's framed for murder. I mean, obviously that sucks for him, but you know, it's more, it's more that that, re- you know, uh, pulls back the curtain to reveal that everything he thought he knew his entire life and his yeah. entire career is a lie. Um, also, uh, you know, I know this is ridiculous to have to say this with a character like James Bond um, because he's so ubiquitous. Everybody knows who James Bond is, but you still, I would suggest the logline don't, um, don't write under the assumption that, that the, that he's uh, known that he's known. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would say, you know, uh, uh, you know, after being framed for murder or whatever, again, I will have to structure a way to, to work in the lies, but after being framed for murder, uh, you know, uh, international super spy, James Bond or something, just something super small, because again, even though quite, you know, everybody knows who James Bond is, um, you still have to play a little dumb, you know, with, with the log line and just assume that nobody knows. Mm. Um, but, uh, so there is that, um, I think it, it, it was, uh, you know, two, two, it sounded like it was what, two sentences long, um, two or three sentences long. Yeah, I mean, they're long sentences, but yeah, it's essentially two, yeah, two sentences. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, again, without... Is, no, it too, is that too short? Is that too... No, no, no. no. With, with a log line, there's too long. usually no such thing as too short. Um, but yeah, I would just, you know, keep it short and sweet and without knowing the nuances, you know, something like, you know, uh, uh, after being framed for, for murder, international super spy James Bond uh, discovers his entire uh, his, his entire, uh, stealth, uh, you know, basically, you know, I'm trying to find a, a good way to describe, uh, the organization that, that he belongs to, but basically he finds out that his, his entire organization, his entire career, his entire life is a lie. Um, as he tries to, you know, pull back the curtain, or I already used that phrase, but you know, he, he tries to, to, um, get clarity on on and then the, and then the line about you know queen and, and uh, country I did I did absolutely love the way you ended that that was fantastic 
Um, so basically, if there's a way to combine the two sentences, um, you know, it's okay to have two sentences. I mean, they say, you know, log lines can be, you know, two sentences. So that's, that's not a must. Uh, absolutely not a must. But I would just but if there's a way to make it more concise. Yeah, if, if there's a way the the images and the essence of it still then uh do that yeah like try absolutely. try so, try to do that so it's a so, little bit more like where it's more you're it's kind of like what we were talking about with writing you know like not over engineering it but really distill it to its essential components where yes. everything is maximized so every letter every word is maximized yes absolutely awesome. maximized and optimized for you know maximum uh, Effect. uh understandability so the the high points are you know obviously who is he you know who is james bond um what is the problem, the problem being that, you know, he's been framed for murder, but it's also, you know, his entire clandestine organization, you know, that, that, uh, is there to benefit the world. Uh, he found out is an entire lie. So basically who, who is he, what's the problem? So, so, you know, James Bond framed for murder, discovered everything that he ever thought in life he knew is a lie. Uh, and why is he doing it? And the, why he's doing it mm. is again, what I absolutely love where you said about queen and country. Um, you know, I, th I thought that was just because, you know, that alliteration, of course, that just because it's a logline yeah, and it's, it's somewhat pragmatic um, doesn't mean there can't have any spot, any style or zhuzh to it. Yeah. So, you know, that alliteration queen and country is like it just it's just it just hits you, you know, that's just. Yeah, it just conjures up so many images. And yeah, it's one of those it's, it's just packed. You're, you're kind of you, you, you kind of already get a strong sense with that that combination. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's exactly right. You know, it's it's choosing one word over another word can conjure up the perfect imagery in someone's head. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, th I think your choice of words is, is, is perfect, but I think it's great, man. Uh, you know, I, I mean, just those would be my initial, um, you know, thoughts on it, but again, That's take awesome. those with a grain of salt, of course. Um, but I, I think it's great. I love, no, thank you. And I love it. Cause also too, I think what a great thing is, is, is that I need to do more of too. And is, you know, it's very easy to live in the vacuum. Um, you know, a lot of this is solitary work. Yeah. A lot of it is in my head. I'm looking at it over and over, you know, hours and hours. And so it does, there is something to be, there is value in to be, to be able to uh, have a confident, you know, somebody that, you know, and when you talk to writers, almost all the writers with, you know, worth their grain and salt have confidence that they present the material to, to just not necessarily to get any sort of, you know, strong reworking or anything like that but somebody to bounce it off of yeah. you know like it's different when like you said when, <laughs> when if even if you just say it out loud it sound you you get a different sense and also too you know getting getting somebody else's lens to look at it you know is very beneficial especially if it's somebody that you trust somebody that you have you know strong um confidence in their opinions because you know, like right there, there was something that I could take from that. You know, there was something that I can think about, you know, um, yeah, how do I maximize this? You know, because again, it's, it's too solitary. It's too easy to, like you said, you know, start thinking that we smell too good when. <laughs> well, no, and, and again, though, I think, I think that's a, a really solid, um, long line, even without any of my, um, you know, my suggestions or whatever. I, I, I do think it's really, uh, intriguing, you know, it makes me want to know, well, what, what is the rest of the story? And more, I guess maybe this nice. is, you know, the writer and, and the filmmaker in me, I immediately, my mind goes like to the end, well, how does this end? You know, how does it end? How mm. does he get all this back? You know? 
Um, and so, uh, definitely very strong, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to read the, this full screenplay. I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I would definitely commend you, you know, again, take anything I say with a grain of salt, but I commend you because what you've presented is, uh, really solid. Well, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. And thank you listeners for, uh, indulging me, uh, in that. Um, again, I think it's just, just a, it's just a way to try to, I don't want to say demystify, but maybe that's the best word to mystify the process. And it's just writing. We know writing's hard. There, there's a lot of challenges that we face that are very similar to any other creative endeavor. And it's okay not to feel super comfortable all the time. It's probably a good thing if you don't, yeah. because that means you're probably doing something right. And also too, the work is never going to be glamorous 24 seven. And anybody tells you is basically blowing smoke up your butt because it's, there's going to be so many days you can even ask uh, professional athletes, you know, is every day that they go to play a game, is it, you know, roses and chocolates? It's not, and, you, know, and, and, it, you got to grind. You got to grind and you're absolutely right. And if, if somebody uh, tells you otherwise, and somebody says, Oh, it's a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the best in the world and I never have a bad day run <laughs> as quickly as you can the opposite direction. So that person, <laughs> there's no good that can come from that because yeah, I mean, I, I anybody who, uh, anybody who is, who is good at their art, I think is also good enough to understand that there's, there's always self-doubt. There's all, there are always people doing things better than you or different than you, and you might perceive it as being better. And so that healthy, I mean, you, you know, don't shit on yourself all day long, of course, yeah. but under, understand that, you know, like it, it's okay to not feel like you've mastered yes. it um, because none of us have mastered it. None of us have mastered anything. And so, you know, you don't want to be down in the, in the dumps all the time, but you also don't want to walk around thinking that you are God's gift uh, to whatever art form. That's a great point, man. And I'm really glad you brought that, that up because I feel like, especially in our society, we get too wrapped up in that we have to be perfect, perfection. We've got to be productive all the time. We've got to be excelling all the time i think um i mean you know not to get too super heavy but um you know we just saw in the last olympics you know we saw somebody at the peak of the mountain have to they acknowledge that they had to take a step back yeah. you know and it's okay it's it's not it's not the end of the world you know um 100%. So it's, that's a great point that you brought up. So I appreciate 100%. it. It's, it's okay. You know, there's this, there's this, um, you know, the last few years, this prevailing, like, uh, you know, hustle culture that, you know, you yeah. gotta be hustling and, you know, sleep when you're dead and, and you yeah. know, I'm hustling and when I'm not hustling, I'm hustling on something else and I'm constantly <laughs> working. And, 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 and you, you, you have to work hard. So I'm by no means yeah. dismissing that, but it's like, you know, it's a recipe for disaster. If you just, work yourself to the bone and you expect that, that any downtime you have has to be devoted to your art. It's not, that's going to be counterproductive and, and your uh, product in the end will suffer because of it. Hands down, yeah. it will suffer, you know, self-care and understanding your limits and just um, taking your time where possible is yeah. totally advisable. And just be kind to yourself. Like you said, it's, it's, it's okay to have a bad day. Yeah. It's okay to feel down, but the most important thing is you just, you get back and you keep grinding. Absolutely. So my friend, my beautiful friend, thank you so much again. Um, I want this to give you this moment and opportunity to plug anything. Is there anything that you would like to share that you're developing or anything we want to see or check out? Oh, uh, definitely, definitely plug. Oh gosh. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I have I have nothing uh, to shill locked and loaded, uh, you know. Uh, but you know, I, I appreciate I appreciate that time. Show me your wares, sir. <laughs> well, have you heard of snake oil? Uh, no, snake no. oil. That sounds fancy. <laughs> Why there, sir? It'll take ten pounds off your gut and add hair to your head. Uh, no, I I, uh, I appreciate the time. Yeah, I don't have anything necessarily locked and loaded. Working on a, a lot of fun, uh, exciting things right now. I'm I'm working on a some really cool, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that, you know, my heart is always, uh, sort of spooky, uh, related, uh, every day of the year, not just Halloween. And so, uh, you know, I love, I love the supernatural and paranormal. And so I'm working on some really fun, uh, projects in that space right now. Um, very excited about that, but, um, nothing locked and loaded. I mean, if anybody wants to come find me, you can find me on Instagram. It's at, uh, Matt Van Hosen. So at M A T T V A N H O E S E N. Um, but other than that, man, just thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been a blast. It's always a blast. You know, I, I opened the show talking about it, but God's honest truth. I, you are one of my, my oldest, dearest friends. And, uh, I, I love chatting with you, uh, whether it's on the podcast or just us on the phone, it's, it's always, um, genuinely illuminating and it, it fills my bucket back up. You know, if I'm feeling down, I talk to you and, and I have renewed confidence and, and renewed vigor. And so I, I uh, always appreciate that. And so, um, everybody needs to just continue listening and supporting, uh, because you are fantastic and you are doing some awesome stuff. Oh, well, shucks. Thank you so much, my friend. <laughs> Uh, Dear listeners, thank you as well. You've been listening to Ruminations on Tony's Tall Tales, a production of Ruminations Radio Network. Please take this moment to subscribe, rate, and review our show. We would love to connect with you on social media at Tony, Tony's, yeah, (laughs) at Tony's Tales. Uh, Visit RuminationsRadioNetwork.com for additional great shows such as Retro Futurist Culture, Cinefa Hissy Fit. Those guys are fantastic. Uh, brevity box ruminations of red rum there's just so many great podcasts uh, by also fantastic creators and for all of your burning questions and passionate feedback please drop us a line at ruminationsradio at gmail.com and we just launched our patreon uh, you can find us at patreon it's also linked on our website at ruminationsradio.net or ruminationsradionetwork.com and thank you again until next time cheers <laughs>